Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about winter in Ukraine, and we're going to talk about when there's no infrastructure. We're going to talk about when there's no water, no sewer, no power, no internet. That sounds like an ugly world. Um, I got to say, being cut off from communication, that kind of uh, can be an ugly world. Uh, do me a favor, bring your mic down like an inch. Yeah, how's that? There you go. All right. You can go up a hair if you want. All right. I think great. Maybe. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. We'll see how this sounds. Maybe this is better. Maybe it's worse. All right. What do you got? All right. Well, we were talking about, uh, I was talking, I was watching the news and I was talking to you a little bit about this, about uh, Ukraine. And it seems like uh, the current strategy by, by, uh, Russia is to destroy the infrastructure and and crush the will of the people. Yeah, um, seems a little tricky though to crush the will of the Ukrainians though because they're they're like super into this. They're all in now. They were, you know, before Russia invaded Ukraine. You know, half of Ukraine was basically like, well, Russia isn't that bad. You know, we're Russians. I mean, they're the same ethnically. They're the same people. You know, there's no difference between them except some people live in a democracy and some people live in a dictatorship you know that's the main difference um i guess some people are like super into like um 
dictators and and hate democracy, even in the United States. Like Tucker yeah, Carlson but- is super pro Russia. Uh, he's like super into like crushing democracies and and um, subverting the will of the people. You know, fuck Tucker Carlson though. You know, I've hated him for a long time, and I always try and bring it up how much of a piece of shit he is and what's wrong with America is basically what's what's Tucker Carlson's game plan for the for the uh, his little TV show. And I say little; he gets more down more watchers than we do. Right, but we're also a little podcast, you know. And, yeah, you but know. maybe it's maybe it's because they're holding us back because we speak too much truth. What do you think of that? <laughs> I mean, I like to think that really we would be more popular than Tucker Carlson if we were given the right platform and and the right funding. I feel like we would be more successful to, uh, than Tucker Carlson if we spent most so- of the podcast talking about like uh, transsexuals and and going down on Donald Trump, but I don't think that's really our game plan here. Wait. Maybe. Lost you there for a minute. Right. We were lost for a minute. Um, you guys will have to bear with us there. Kevin has uh, got a dramatic face is all I can say if you're watching the uh, YouTube. Yeah. So uh, basically what Russia's trying to do is crush the, uh, the Ukrainian infrastructure and force the people that live in Ukraine to uh, go for a peace, but that doesn't work out when you're actually losing the war, which seems like that's been really happening for the past right, since day one. Really, they got about three days into their their first offensive, and right. uh, then it kind of cracked out, and they've slowly been being pushed back or making slow advancements back and forth for a little while, and uh, now they're really just trying it. They realize they're in a quagmire, and there's no positive there's no good way out so they're trying to get everybody that lives in ukraine's life to be so miserable that they just want a peace um so so let's talk about it let's talk about the infrastructure there's about 44 million people in ukraine all right that's Uh, a lot of people yeah it's a lot of people they they've been um trying to destroy the the electrical grid but they're having problems with that some of the main is the actual power plants themselves have a lot of air defense systems around them. So they can't actually effectively uh, bomb the, uh, the power plants themselves. The one is a lot of those power plants are uh, nuclear power plants and everybody's watching them and everyone's like, yeah, you can't, you can't blow those up because that could kill everybody. Like you can't actually do that. So they're kind of hesitant. So what they're trying to do is, basically wipe out the infrastructure that delivers the power. Um, so- I, I know in the, in the uh, Gulf war, um, mm-hmm. we, uh, we actually had uh, these like metal nets that we uh, threw right. over the power lines mm-hmm. and, and that seemed to work out pretty good. It was that whole shock and awe thing. Mm-hmm. What we did, we actually threw these metal nets all over their power lines and basically shorted everything out and just, kind of really created a lot of havoc doing that. So there are definitely yeah. ways that you can take down the power lines and, and take things out. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the, one of the main things that's different between this war and uh, an American land invasion, because America's really good at that is, um, uh, the first thing they do, off. 
is is light up you know is is shoot fly a bunch of stuff through through the airspace and uh, light up all the anti-air defense systems and take them out uh russia did not do that i don't know if they're not capable of doing it or what but at this point in the war nobody has air supremacy the united states right always has air supremacy that's the main uh main tactic of of a ground invasion is that you have to have control of the air and russia right. doesn't nobody has control of the air you know if if you fly a ukrainian jet it's going to get shot down and if you fly a, a russian jet it's going to get shot down it's not nobody's got it so that's kind of one of the main things that bog down the offensive okay so right now in kiev about 50% of the city is without power. And what they've been doing is basically taking out the transformers um, and the power lines like like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, obviously, power lines are run mostly through poles like it is in the United States. Uh, some countries have it underground, which is not as easy as it seems because you have to you don't want it. You know, you have to have a big space around your power lines. Otherwise, the power is going to be jumping and grounding right. itself out, you know. So you really have to do it's it's labor intensive and it's cost intensive to to run power underground. Yeah. Um. So right now in, in Kiev, there's about 1.4 million people or is out of power. Um, they're rationing electrical consumption. Um. Right. There's rolling blackouts. Uh, which is tricky, which is difficult because most of the the utilities in the in Ukraine run on power. Right. Which means that. Um, you know, Ukraine is a, a step, which is uh, Italy, big, flat areas. Um, a lot of places in the United States, we have water systems that work at the tops of mountains, and then the water runs down, gravity fed. Um, you know, in the East Coast and the West Coast, that's a lot a lot of how it works. Okay. But, um, you know, in the Midwest of the United States, it's, it's water towers, and right. you have to that water up towers and it's the same thing in ukraine they have to pump that water up to give it pressure that it comes out of your faucet right so with the power out that water's out too so you don't have drinking water um so a lot of these guys are are working with uh filling up jugs when the water's working um filling up containers storing water but it's tricky to do when it's below freezing and you have no heat in your house. Right. Yeah. You basically, you know, you have to run in the risk of bursting your containers by it freezing or, you know, actually having to melt the water before you can actually consume it. Right. So that's a, that's a tricky situation. Um, now I was looking up the climate in Ukraine. Ukraine is a pretty big country. Um, yeah. But as far as winter goes, it's, it's generally, but, uh, you know, it's not one of those where it gets below freezing at night and warms up during the day. It's a pretty cold place, yeah. especially, you know, especially during the winter. There's a lot of wind, too, which, you know, that doesn't affect the actual temperatures, but it affects, you know, you as a person being outside. That wind really can cut through your clothing and, and take that heat away from away from your, your body. Right. I mean, so there's a there's a lot of uh, they've got a lot of handicaps right now. And the trick, whether this war is won or lost by Ukraine, is going to be whether the civilian population can survive this winter or not. 
And so this is really this next three months, this next four months is going to be a real big um, make a real big difference in what happens with this war. Now, what really concerns me, though, are they still able to watch TikTok or is that are we uh, like, it, really it miss, so so they have they have Internet. OK, they don't but they don't have power. Yeah. Um, so they're setting up power stations where people can charge their their phones. Uh, one of the big things that's that's fucking them up now is is um, the air raid sirens aren't going off because there's no power. <laughs> that's there. a problem. Yeah. So they can't take cover. So they're encouraging everybody to keep their phones charged and they'll they're sending out alerts when it comes in nice. instead yeah. of just the air raid sirens. So people can have a chance to take cover before, uh, you know. It's amazing the modern world we live in, you know, the things. Um, This is a big, you know, like wake up call, though, that maybe people should be looking at, you know, solar and and different things. Having smaller, you know, solar chargers, just enough to maybe get a cell phone or two, you know, going. These things can make a big difference. And also just keeping flashlights charged or maybe radios, that kind of stuff. Um, That's a big thing. And, you know, I know I was joking about the TikTok thing, but that's the thing is, is keeping morale. And that's one of the beauties of, of the hard life that people have over in the Ukraine and stuff. And, and honestly in Russia as well, that, you know, they're not used to all the cush luxuries. I feel like they won't fall apart as fast as, as we do. Um, You know, yeah, it seems like, you know, getting sucked into their cell phone is kind of a worldwide problem, not a uh, America problem, but it's still, you know, information. And when you're trapped without it, it really does, you know, kind of devastate people. And I got to say, Ukraine has gone through some hard times and they've been experiencing this stuff. I just kind of worry with America that, you know, if anything like this ever happened here, I feel like we would collapse even sooner. You know, we have some yeah. strong resolved people, but we also have a lot of people who are very dependent on social media and, and constant entertainment. And I'm not sure how the mental state right. would hold up, you know? Yeah. And being constantly comfortable. Right. You know, just being, you know, dis- discomforted is, is enough for a lot of Americans, I think, to throw their hands up in the air and, you know, acquiesce to whatever they need. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever needs to be, you know, traded for. It's a lot of these, a lot of situations are, I don't know. In the United States, I don't know that how many people would really uh, tolerate this sort of stuff, you know, being without power right. during the winter. I think that the, a lot of people would lose their fucking minds. Um, now, one of the other major problems is, is uh, with the infrastructure there that they're, the Russia is trying to, to, dis- to destroy is uh, roads and bridges, uh, okay. railroad stations, airports. Um, so Ukraine is is really great at producing food. They produce a lot of the world's food, not just for their own country, but for other places in the country. Yeah. Um, there's going to be food shortages because they can't get the food out of the country, um, especially uh, Central Africa. Is I mean, a lot of people are going to starve this year because of this. Wow. Um, but the other issue is that, you know, if you can't get food to the cities from the farm areas, you know, those, those people are going to have a hard time. You know, they're going to have a hard time getting food. They're going to have a hard time accessing it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people out there right now are doing a, a lot of work on food storage. 
which is interesting. You know, we talk about that all the time, what you can do as far as storing food long-term. But when you only have a a few weeks to do it and everybody else is trying to do it at the same time, that's, that's a bad situation to be in. Um, Right. If you guys remember the beginning of the pandemic, if you didn't have food storage already, you were out of luck. You'd go to the grocery store and, you know, shelves would be empty everywhere. Right. Um, you know, I think it was pretty obvious to everybody right at the beginning of the pandemic uh, how delicate our, our supply chain is. And when there's right. no supply chain, that, you know, that goes down a lot faster. Uh, it's going to be a lot of hungry people. And when with a lot of hungry people comes a lot of cold people, especially when you don't have power. You know, you say, well, it's only 30 degrees on, but, you know, put on some extra clothes, put on a jacket. But if you, don't, if you don't have enough food, you're not going to have the energy to heat your body up, and that's not going to that's not going right. to do much for you. Right. Um, no, that's a big so, thing. And when you're not moving and out doing stuff, and when you don't have the energy without the food, you're not you know staying warm. Right. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of people are are kind of desperate doing like um, you know last ditch efforts. Uh, you know, if you if you uh, uh, watch some of the videos, uh, some of the YouTube stuff uh, about what's going on in Ukraine, some of the news channels will show some of this stuff. But a lot of these places that people are living in, it doesn't have water, it doesn't have power, but also right. there's holes in the building. You know? A lot of people's windows are blown out. And you put plastic on it, but it's not the same. You know, it's not the same keeping yeah. your house warm with, a, you know, sturdy insulation windows and a piece of plastic stapled up over the hole that used to be a window. Right. Well, so, so there are a couple of things, yeah, with the heat that you guys can think about. Um, one is insulating with cardboard. Um, mm-hmm. They talk about pre- premium cardboard. So you have like your crappy cardboard that like your Eggo waffles come in and then you right. have like your cardboard boxes like a refrigerator or you know, something like that where it's insulated and thick, you know, maybe a quarter yeah. inch. Right. Exactly. Um, so that thicker plywood can build up and, uh, you know, insulate things. You can use that on your walls and windows. Um, another thing moving into a smaller space, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, people talk about, uh, houses from yesteryear, you know, when you go in the historic houses, all the rooms had real low ceilings and, and yeah. were kind of small and confined. Well, you may want to kind of section off and really focus on keeping one or two rooms in your home, you know, as the primary area that you want to hang out in. Um, bubble wrap also works great for covering up uh, windows. I don't know that people have a lot of bubble wrap around, but if you do, right. um, the cardboard and just kind of focus that way. Uh, having firewood and that kind of stuff, you know. I hate to say it, you know, at least in America, having a wood stove or something like that is, is more of a luxury. Um, it's always like an afterthought and something, and, you know, obviously you're not going to have access to wood in really populated areas, that kind of thing. But, uh, if you're out in the country, you know, planning ahead and that kind of thing might be a great way to, you know, plan for your family and yourself. Um, to protect yourself. They have those little sterno like safe heats. They actually do pretty well at uh, warming up a, a, a small area. Again, you got to be in a small confined area if you're going to have limited heat. Um, 
these things can make a big difference. Uh, you know, obviously kerosene is awesome if you can get it in the kerosene heaters. Again, something people don't always plan for or have. Um, just something to think about, you know, beforehand. It's always, you know, as preppers, that's one of the things we're always talking about is planning ahead. You know, when things aren't a problem for you, that's the time that you want to start setting these things aside. You know, Kevin was talking about the water, uh, the water bob for the bathtub. How awesome is that? If you can, hey, you know, the well pump or sorry, the water tower pump is uh, filling up right now. We can fill up our water bob and have it set aside. And also in a nice small room like a bathroom that's easy to keep warm. That kind of thing can really make a big difference. Um, right. That's something to think about as a prepper, you know, it's something you can do beforehand. Uh, you know, and like you said, when we had the pandemic here and things got a little tight, you know, having two weeks of food makes a big difference. And two weeks is more than a lot of people have. Um, obviously, you know, we talk about more long term and having even more storage than that. But, you know, basics, having the right medicines when you can't get into the, the pharmacy and that kind of thing, having that stuff you know, set aside a little extra stockpile, you know, that kind of puts you ahead of everybody else. And, you know, and maybe there are some substitute medications or herbs or teas that, you know, you can kind of do to keep your blood pressure down or do whatever it is that you need to do that can maybe stretch out the life of the medicines that you're taking from the pharmacies, you know, right, um, right. that's something to consider. Yeah. Now, if you're in a, in a situation now, a uh, I don't want to be shitty. If you're in a situation where you are tication for your blood pressure, um, yeah, start exercising and dieting. Start trying to what? get that blood pressure down. That doesn't require medication. There's a lot of other issues people have um, that you can you can mitigate ahead of time with diet and exercise. If you are taking blood pressure medication or a lot of other medications, um, you're relying on that medicine. And you need yeah. to try as much as you can to be not reliant. Obviously, not all blood pressure is dictated by not, you know, by being overweight or by not exercising. Right. That's not the case. That's not, I'm not trying so to you're say saying, that. Of, right. But you're saying I should eat less and move around more? Yes. Yes. I highly <laughs> okay. recommend that for everybody. <laughs> yeah. right. But I mean, Good to know. you know, in all seriousness, though, there's a lot of things that, you know, if you're if you're diabetic and you can't get to yeah. the pharmacy, you're fucked. There's nothing you can do about that. There's not a whole lot of uh, diet and exercise options you you, you know you, you can take care of that's going to negate your need for medicine. And there's a million of that that you can't. There's nothing you can do about it. You have to take the medicine, or you're gonna, you're going to die. And that's the sort of stuff that you want to style if you can. Um, but you know, insulin, for example, is not something you can stockpile. It's not something right. you can make at home. It's, this is, you know, you're, you're going to be in a bad situation if you're diabetic and, and, um, all this can't get access to medicine. You're, you're, fucked. and, uh, you know, if some, uh, dictatorship is trying to overthrow your country and, and collapse your economy, it's going to work. It's going to work with a lot of people. It's going to kill a lot of people. And there's not much you can do about it when, you know, uh, you know, you were living a peaceful, normal life 
in your own country, minding your own business, and some asshole decides to, uh, you know, overthrow your government and try and uh, assassinate your president and take control of everything. Uh, Kyrgyzstan is a great example of that. Um, the occupiers have fled. They had to, they had to retreat. They were outgunned and outpowered. But now the people that in that are in Kyrgyzstan are are fucked. There's no power there. There's no medicine there. All they can do is leave, you know, you're going to starve to death. If you're in that city now, there's nothing, there's nothing left there for you. Um, And you can, they can rebuild that city at some point, uh, but not right now. I mean, it's just being bombed nonstop right now. And, and, you know, good luck. If you live in that city, good luck is all I can say. You know, I hope you can get out of there. I hope you can find someplace safer to get to. uh, Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is you got to kind of, and that's where having your stuff in order, you know, comes into play. I mean, that was one of the things we wanted to circle back with this with Ukraine. I mean, people always think, you know, well, that could never happen in the modern world. That's what I always used to hear. And now, of course, they're shifting the argument to, well, that'll never happen here. You know, other countries right. are like that. But, you yeah. know, 10 years ago, I heard, oh, well, America will never have a war. Or Sorry, the world will never have wars like they used to because you know, we're all civilized and they would never do these, these horrible things and just whatever. And the other countries wouldn't stand for it. Well, guess what? As more and more countries are broke and poverty stricken, the less you can go stick in your nose and meddling in other people's affairs. When you're on a super tight budget and when things are going crappy in your own situation, you know, that's why, bad actors like Russia are stepping up because they're like, Hey, you know, people have their hands full. They can't really screw with us. I mean, you know, America used to butt our nose in everything. And now we're a lot more cautious because we're like, Hey, we kind of have things falling apart at home. We can't really be, you know, getting in the way over there. And people don't really realize that, or they don't think about that. And that's a real thing. You know, it, it makes a difference when people are caught up. When you have your house in order, then you can go help other people. And that's kind of part of the being a prepper thing is, is being able to help other people. Um, but when you're falling apart and have your stuff messed up, it's hard because you're like, ah, I got to put out the fire here. I can't come over there. And, and right. that's kind of how America and a lot of the other countries are right now is, hey, hey, Ukraine. Yeah, we got your back, but we really don't because we got our own problems, you know? Um, right. Yeah, we're throwing money at it, but we're just printing it. We're not really doing anything. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, and I think um, I think a lot of these uh, a lot of these situations that are happening in, happening in Ukraine right now, yeah, could be situations that we're dealing with in the future in the United right. States. Um, and it's it's something you need to need to prepare for. And I think that it would be incumbent on everybody to spend a little bit of time. And yeah. watch what's happening in Ukraine. Watch what these people are doing to stay alive. I, I saw one old lady. Um, she must have been 70, 80 years old. And she said she was born in it. When she was born, the world was at war. And everybody was freezing and starving to death. And she's going to die. And everyone's at war. And everyone's going to be freezing and starving to death. So, That's I mean, it's... Ugly reality, but yeah. kind of is a reality, you know? Yeah, I mean, and another thing is, these people that are in Ukraine, 
they have a long history of having terrible, awful shit happening in their communities. Um, this is not brim. This is old hat. They've been, right. been doing this for a long time, and you know, yeah, they've they've had about fifty years of of peace and prosperity. But uh, there are a lot of older people in that area that remember that remember the hardship and that remember yeah. the uh, the times where there wasn't enough food and there wasn't enough heat. Um, and you know, a lot of people say that Russia is is excellent at uh, winter warfare, and this is going to be you know bad for. For Ukraine, but the truth of the matter is that the destroyed infrastructure is affecting everybody in that area. And if you're a soldier in that area and you don't have the uh, military grade winter uh, winter clothing, winter food, it's going to not be good for everybody. I know that Ukraine is being heavily su- supplied by uh, the EU, uh, by the United States with with a, a low temperature gear, uh, clothing, sleeping bags. Um, socks, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, Russia is not doing great in that area. Um, a right. lot of that stuff went out with them during the the original winter invasion, and they have not been resupplied yet. They went all summer, uh, you know, getting rid of all their winter clothing, and now they're not being resupplied. So it's gonna be it's gonna be hard hit for. There's gonna be a lot of people freezing to death in in Ukraine this year. Um, yeah. And I tell you, I've, I've never frozen. Gotten no, hurt. it's not pleasant. It's not a good way to go. I can't imagine that freezing death is, is a, they say you get re- euphoric before you die, but it feels like you get, you spend a lot of time not being euphoric before you die also, you know, yeah. um, that euphoria no, lasts know, about th- the last 30 minutes of your life and that's it. Yeah. No, when I was, uh, when I was a kid, I, uh, in the boy scouts, they have the uh, wilderness survival merit badge. And one of the things is you have to stay out overnight, you know, and, and, and do, do the night on your own. And uh, so I was like, Oh, I'll do that in the winter because snow, snow fort shelter right. a lot easier to build. I built, you know, yeah. yeah, it's nothing. Oh, I got to tell you, dude, I, I had the hardcore sleeping bag and the whole night I, I didn't sleep a second. Cause you're just like shaking and cold. Like you right. couldn't fall asleep. It was just like, oh, you know, and it just, it, it gets so frantic and, and you don't even, you know, imagine how bad it can be and it can be bad. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's something you want to think about. It's not a comfortable, happy way to do it. And if you can do things to kind of put your house in order and, you know, kind of up your heat situation that's you know something you want to plan now so that when when you're in a desperate situation i mean right now in the desperate situation you just got to find ways to kind of insulate the walls to kind of build up your you know stuff in front of the walls whether it's stacking books or you know moving furniture or whatever it's basically just putting a barrier between you and and you know what's outside and and staying in that confined small space and trying to keep warm but yeah, it's tough. Yeah, one of the one of the tricks to that is um is setting up a tent inside your house. Um, yes. So you're, you're you're gonna make a smaller space that you're gonna be sleeping in, and your body warmth will hold a lot better in that smaller tent area than in an open you know big open room. Uh, I saw a lot of people setting up tents on their bed, which is yeah. smart. 
Um, you don't want to be in contact with the ground if you can help it, because uh, that ground is just going to keep, tra- you know, keep transferring cold into you. It's going to keep, you know, it's, it doesn't matter how much you heat up that ground. That earth is a lot bigger than uh, what you're trying to heat, and it's just going to keep moving that cold into you. Um, so if you can separate yourself from the ground, that's the best thing to do right off the bat, to, just to survive the night. Um, but, you know, I, I feel for the people out there. You know, I really do. Um, there's gonna, it's gonna be a hard, hard few months ahead of them, and yeah. uh, you know, we're gonna see what happens. But uh, you know, I, I think that if you're the type of country that feels that, that you should win a war by starving and freezing the other side out, by killing the civilian population and making the civilians suffer, um, you're kind of an asshole, <laughs> kind of a dick move, you know. Kind of it real kind shitty. Of saying like, you know, you 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 guys need to surrender, come to and agree to our terms. Oh, the Russian ter- terms aren't terms. The Russian ter- terms are, you know, we take your shit, we take all your shit, yeah, and thing. So there's no there's no and, win and for that can, yeah. on the Ukrainian side. You know, um, it's also stupid to negotiate a peace with uh, people that are losing the war which Russia is right now. Right. Um, so right. Yeah, your civilians are, are starving and freezing to death, but you're losing on the battlefield and uh, not really a, a strong position to ne- negotiate from when you're the one losing. And if you pay attention, they keep screaming right now. The Russians are screaming like, you should give up, accept our terms. You should do it. We're ready to negotiate um, because they know <laughs> that things are only going downhill for them. Um, right. It, this freezing of the, this freezing and the starvation of the population is really, um, uh, it's really hardening brain Ukrainians right. against, them. you know, it's really, uh, hardening the resolve, um, and stealing them against them. And, you know, a lot of these people were pro-Russian before this war started and they're not pro-Russian now. Um, right. I don't know what, what. Putin was hoping for, but it wasn't this. It wasn't. It wasn't to be dragging this war out um, into, you know, into a second year, and uh, having massive casualties on his on his own side, and and really showcasing for the whole world how shitty the Russian military is. Uh, we right. we were all scared of them, you know. We were all terrified, you know. The Spets. I, I wasn't scared, but yeah, forces. Yeah, everybody, you know. Everybody was all uh, had their panties up in a bunch that you don't want to have to go toe to toe with uh, Russia. And now we're kind of seeing that uh, they're kind of shitty at it. Um, they don't really have any good soldiers. They don't have any good NCOs. Uh, they have decent officers, but if the only motivation their officers can give them is shooting them if they retreat, it's not a whole lot of motivation to go forward. It's just motivation not to go back. And, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Things are going to be terrible for everybody. Things are going to be terrible for everybody on both sides this winter. And, uh, you know, I just wish them best luck. And uh, I will do everything I can to help out uh, what I can. Yeah. And, I mean, that's it. That's it. What, what else can you do? What else can you say? You know? Sorry. Sorry that this is shitty and happening to you. But, um, you know? It can happen here too. 
Right. They can have and that's that's the best day. thing is is to learn from it. Um, mm-hmm. Don't worry, the government's taking lots of your money and sending it over there. You don't even realize when they're just printing more. So, yep. They, yep. You get, you're doing your part, even though you don't realize it. Even though you don't know. Yep. Um, just keep paying your taxes. You know, I I know early on we uh, we showed you guys how to sign up and uh, go join the Ukraine military and go help out. Uh, hey, you know, you, you do what do you got to hear. You can still do that. They're still looking for uh, happy young guys to come over and, and save the world. Um, but, you know, anyway, you can stay up on important information like this by signing up for our email list at preppingbadass.com. Um, you can also get some badass gear at preppingbadass.com. You can get cool t-shirts that say, don't give them an inch. Um, you guys, uh, you know, been with us a while. We appreciate it. Appreciate your support. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave oh. comments and uh, uh, on the podcast. Yeah. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and uh, also if you've got yeah. um if you want to send me some your pro russian propaganda i know some of the people that listen to this podcast are for some reason super into russia all um, right gives them a, a boner uh go ahead send send me your hate mail at gmail right. prepping badass at gmail.com i'd love to hear your uh your crazy conspiracy theory uh nonsense you like crazy conspiracy nonsense i love it i love it we do have uh what? Don't give them an inch mud mug still available. We do is, have is some mugs. I believe they're still available. So yeah. with that, I got would one say right here. you got one. Yeah. Nice. Um, so if you, uh, yeah, with that, go ahead, Chuck, take us Stay out. safe and we will talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network.